High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Vanessa, welcome, welcome. Wonderful to have you on the show. You, with your voice on the show. Okay, guys, please don't get scared. I am an artificial voice. I sound like 150 years or like I sound like I smoke 30 packets of cigarettes a day. Can you hear me and thank you? Vanessa, we can hear you perfectly. And I have to say that this is just amazing. And this is this is incredible. I mean, this technology is unbelievable that here you are, as I said, the last time we spoke, you couldn't voice what you wanted to say. So we did it by proxy via your daughter. And today you have it. So, wow. So for our audience, let's let's go back. Let's go back when your world was turned upside down and you were diagnosed with a very rare cancer. And this affected your, your vocal cords because you actually had to have your larynx removed. So you must know it's COVID-19. We are in lockdown five. We live in Craig Hall Park. We are a black Indian family. We don't know a single person 25 years later in the northern suburbs. And I go to the hospital all by myself after a year of testing. And my doctor says, you don't have what we thought you had. In fact, you have a chondrosarcoma, a cancer that's so rare that if we don't operate on you, you will die. That was on the 9th of May. On the 13th of May, I left my family outside the hospital and my life was saved that evening. But my vocal cords had to go in one of the rarest cancers the world has seen. My entire medical team had not seen this cancer. So you must know, I was in ICU for 24 days at Donald Gordon with no visitations. And I survived without my vocal cords. I've now had five operations. My last operation in October was successful. So I'm only speaking for 10 weeks now. I try every day. I used to speak with an electric larynx. But guys, since my operation 23 months, two weeks ago, 90,000 people died of COVID. So let's just bring it home. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Vanessa. Um, before we go to what it is that you're using to, to speak, I want to talk about you with your voice because you are in the field of communications. This is what you do. You communicate thoughts, ideas, concepts, people, stories. And you yourself, I mean, during the time of the struggle, you know, for you to have a voice was so important and you used your voice in such a powerful way. So what is it like at this stage of your life to, as you say, COVID-19, level five, this is the worst, really scariest time for all of us. And you've lost that tool, that instrument that kind of identified who you were in the world. What, what was that experience like, Vanessa? So there's a number of things that happened. When I was diagnosed, under 100 people had died. So when I put the news on Facebook, and I'm very big on Facebook, I 
tell you it's quite an empowering feeling because I'm quite an annoying human being and I'm always fighting for social justice. But from the synagogues to the mosques, to the churches, to the temples, around the world, my family was anchored in prayer. In that three days, while we were alone, we were never alone. The 24 days in hospital, I was so scared of the medical team because they were so ignorant. I was in the one of the top hospitals in the world. And my abuser became a black woman in a nurse's outfit because I didn't have a voice. And my handwriting was so ugly and I didn't want to die because people didn't know how to clean me up and didn't know how to serve me. Mm. And everybody was scared inside. And I used Facebook to my advantage. So I have people on Facebook, I don't know them from above. So they literally took shifts with me. If I woke at two o'clock, they woke up at two. If I woke up at four o'clock, they would, they told me how to stay awake what the weather was like outside. They became part of my journey. And my friend Joni died in hospital. His case was everywhere because the nurses hadn't fed him. So that's unfortunate about life. You can be in a really good place and the ignorance and no knowledge can have you killed if you don't know how to advocate for your life. So for me, finding my voice quickly through my writing saved my life. God, God gave me a second chance, you know. God has always empowered me with a very brilliant mind. So I won numerous awards the night that I thought I would die. And in my, and I'm out of the closet for Jesus these days. It's crazy how you'd come out of the closet when you're so desperate and you need help. Mm. And when God asked me, why do I need to send you back? I said, please send me back. You have Steve Jobs. My continent needs me. So I boldly wanted to live because my children were not able to live without me dying. They were not strong enough. So my experience is very holistic because while I was in hospital, my home looked like a florist and people we've never met in our lives sent food by Uber. Remember, you could now do virtual food learning. And I got gifts from around the world. And what has sustained me and my family throughout COVID is our ability to be able to cook for people we've never met in our lives. So I just started cooking and cooking and cooking. And I would send pots of food to people who died, their families, or to the homeless. So cooking became my saving grace, not the other way around. Hmm. Oh, Vanessa. Vanessa, we're going to take a break. And after the break, let's go back to that experience in the hospital, because as you said, you, you, you felt like you were at the hands of people who couldn't really help you because they didn't know how to. And that's, that's you know, that's quite a statement. So let's go back there. Let's, let's see how you've turned that around. 
but a quick break. We'll we'll be with you in a moment. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome back to the DL Link Show. I have Vanessa Perumal on the show today. Vanessa was on the show um, during COVID, but by proxy, we spoke to Vanessa's daughter at the time um, because Vanessa had recently had her larynx removed. Um, she had no voice. She's sharing her story of having this very rare cancer of having to go in for surgery um, during level five in ICU, all on her own um, with nurses who she says did not look after her very well, how she had to find her voice. And she did that through writing, through being on social media. And she speaks of the outreach, the love and the support from people she knew and from people she didn't know. So Vanessa, just going back to this you know, being in hospital, being at kind of the mercy of these nurses, um, you do talk about um, in in your your diaries, you do talk about an unbelievable team that you had, the stellar team of medical experts with Dr. Ishmael um, at the, the Donald Gordon Hospital and from the oncologist, the vocal oncologist, speech therapist, other medical practitioners. And you also talk about having empathy and understanding for nurses um, in a position because they haven't been trained correctly, or maybe you can just expand on that, Vanessa. So that's the thing. And it's got so much to do with transformation. While, you know, I'm my cancer. I had a total laryngectomy and I'm highly educated as a human being should, you know, can be born at the time that I was in South Africa. So I didn't even know how to spell the word laryngectomy. I didn't know how to spell chondrosoma to even look at it in Google. And imagine now I go in and my entire medical team had not seen my cancer what I want to correct and why I came out of the closet and why I do so many diaries. I had not known this about 3,000 other people in the world who are on Facebook and they could have helped me. So my abuse in hospital was not having access to tissues. You know, people have dignity at different levels. So I've got a hole on my throat. And I have a mucus build up. And I'm very privileged in the way I live and my income streams. So dignity for different people are different things. Having mucus fall on my body for me was not dignity. And trying to explain to a nurse that I have a stack of tissues in a box which they never opened forced me to go to my lawyer to write a letter on day seven, because I got scared, I was not going to be hurt. And for me to get to that drastic level, for someone who's able, like me, who's curious, and who's also contribute to this country, I find it's not right. You cannot go into a medical institution and pay over a million rand for an operation where the team is not ready for you. Dr. Ismail, was really good. You know, he couldn't be with me 24-7. And training, I mean, he went beyond. He came to clean up and show the nurses often how to clean up. And he's, he's the surgeon. He shouldn't be doing that kind of work. But he did. 
actually we even snuggled my husband into the hospital to teach me when I go out. I wasn't happy with my voice, a pathologist inside. When I came out, Paraguay at the hospital offered me a private citizen, a space in Paraguay so that we could learn from each other. So I have a public speech pathologist who just left the hospital. So I'm saying because I found a voice, imagine I got private healthcare inside Berguanet. Everybody should have the same rights like I did. You don't have to fight so hard, guys. I just find it so, I feel sorry for myself some days that I was so ignorant I didn't think of finding other humans. But 24 days in ICU when I came out, I still can't find Pan-African survivors. I'm not sure whether there's a stigma because normally smokers get it and I'm not a smoker. But I do find I have friends in Australia, in the United States, in the Eastern Europe. Some of them, have their, they're all professionals like me. I needed to survive at a professional level because I wouldn't have, I would have died. I can't have a stigmatized cancer that I survive and still is stigmatized. I needed to normalize my life, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does, Vanessa. It absolutely does. And I'm sure, you know, it's such a raw story that you're telling us because you're really giving us a sense of how frightening it must have been, you know, dealing with all of the loss and being so isolated. And as you say, not feeling that you were being looked after correctly. And I'm just wondering how many people who are listening right now who have been through these terrible ordeals, you know, within COVID and with, you know, when COVID wasn't around. And um, yeah, I, I just, uh, I think it's amazing that we're able to have this conversation and that you're able to write about it and hopefully impact many people in a very positive way, Vanessa, because- Because we've got to end mediocrity. Yeah, I agree. Do you agree with me? Yeah, absolutely. And that's all I can do going forward. Yeah. I don't yeah. want anybody else to be so unprepared like I was. Yeah, absolutely, Vanessa. And people can read your read your Miraculous Moments diary on Facebook, and I encourage people so to do that because can. you're really going into a lot of detail there. But I want to, Vanessa, I do want to let our audience know that it's incredible. The surgery that you had, you said you've only, is it 100 days you've been using this voice? What What is it? it, it just describe what they what they put inside of you. So I had five operations uh, between my third and fifth operation. Do you know Stephen Hawkins, the scientist? Yes. So I used to use an electric larynx called an electric larynx. Yes. And I used to hold it on my chin. And I sounded like a robot. Mm -hmm. If you go to Miraculous Moments or search me, you'll find it. It's so embarrassing, those videos, but I left it in case other people need to see it. Then on the 23rd of October, Dr. Ismail had told me, you know what, he's gone as far as he can. And in order to help me, he's gonna defer a medical treatment to his senior, which I thought spoke of a great leadership. You know, leaders need to know how far they can go. 
And so he gave me Dr. Ahmed, who was at Athens um, Hospital in Fort Worth. My kids were born there. I can't even remember. But the doctor did, Dr. Ahmed did my fifth operation to enlarge my stoma and to fix my muscles and then to put a, a, an artificial gadget in my throat. It's called a TEP or a VP, a voice processes. And it allows me to sound because I no longer have a nose. I breathe on my throat. I'm a neck breather. And not everybody successfully has sound, but thank God I got sound. It means now that when I close the stoma, the voice, so it's not my voice, you know, I don't have vocal cords, but now I can speak. Unbelievable. It's just, it's incredible. So and there's one more step. There's yeah. one more step I can go hands free. So let me give you, let me give you some breaking news. Yes. I've been invited to speak, and you believe it, at an international conference, the biggest conference in the world, at the International Laryngectomy Conference in the United States, in North Carolina, on the That's incredible. Oh, that's incredible, Vanessa. I mean, that's unbelievable. How many? First, first yeah. African to ever speak on that stage. Incredible, Vanessa. I mean, how many people in, in Africa or let's say South Africa have this device, this uh, voice processor that you have? Are there many? That's what I want to know about the data. Because of the Poppy Act, and I must tell you, the medical system really failed me here. Even at Baraguana, they first need to get permission. And then you have to write to people to ask you, and nobody reached out to me. And my voice pathologist was really kind. She introduced me to some of them about three weeks ago. All survivors from Soweto were so underprivileged. They have so little. They didn't have any of the operations like I did mm. in terms of the what's called privilege. But they survived. That's why I want to tell the African story. Not sure how many, but I am going to start a Pan African Facebook page, and my intention is to 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 look up the survivors. I met one survivor from Tembisa. She said she was so embarrassed. I met her once. She wished I would go away. She didn't want no one to know about the cancer we got. So I don't know whether it's stigmatized or not. Vanessa, that's the second time you've spoken about an embarrassment around this cancer and a stigma. What is the stigma around this cancer? Just be clear about what the cancer is. We said that it's a very rare mine cancer. Is a, so mine is not a throat cancer. So lots of people who smoke get throat cancers. Is that why there's a stigma? So almost the stigma so is you sure. brought it you brought it upon yourself. Is that the stigma? Well, it's usually the people I know of are usually men. And then the 60s and 70s. Uh -huh. And I was, mine, mine, I had a chondrosarcoma inside my larynx. What do you call that white bone in the chicken that you eat it? I can't just think of the word now. Thankfully, the cancer was hidden inside there, so it didn't spread. But it took away 90%, 95% of my air. Mine was completely removed, and my cancer, I just need to check up all the time. 
So I think people who have this kind of cancer don't know that they are 20 year olds. I met a 15 year old in the UK. I'm meeting Conrad from the from Poland, he's 29. And I'm meeting professionals. Tony is a singer in Las Vegas. And Earl Brummel is an Emmy Award winner who just did a documentary, a movie called Can You Hear Me? So can you see how I didn't want to be stigmatized? Mm, absolutely. It's it's so hard to get one's head around the fact that that there is a sick stigma attached to any of this. Honestly, it's just quite unbelievable. Which no, is no, I just think maybe families had not met anyone like me who used technology to my advantage. Mm. I have subsequently got a lot of people saying they can't believe that you know yeah, I speak about these things. Yeah. Well, Vanessa, I mean, as I said, I mean, you find your voice. We, I mentioned that earlier. It's what you do. I mean, the communications and using technology, now going to the United States and being the first African to speak at this conference, using your voice, incredible and so inspiring, Vanessa, really inspiring. I just want to thank you so much for, for joining us today. And, uh, you know, I mean, this was just quickly before, before I do say goodbye, is it, was it difficult to learn to speak with this device? In other words, have you mastered it? Is this it? Or are you still the learning? The things I've ever done in my entire life, you know, during COVID, I kept my entire staff at work without firing them. At one stage, I paid them only 50%. As an entrepreneur, I still put bread on people's tables. And that wasn't even as hard as this. I cannot believe I've done it. I, I mean, oh, when I started speaking 10 weeks ago, my kids who are 25 and 21, like, are so irritated. They said, Mom, we cannot clap hands for you all the damn time. You're not a baby. <laughs> Get over your bloody self. <laughs> and See, you like, said, I yes, deserve you a party. <laughs> I'm going to be two years old on the 13th of May next week. Oh. And honestly, the way I feel, I feel I want Smarties and balloons and cupcakes. I feel like a two-year-old. Oh, Vanessa. Well, happy second birthday. You know, yes, it is. As you say, a whole new life began. A whole new birthing began two years ago. And there you are. And um, you're amazing. So thanks, Vanessa. Listen, all the best with uh, addressing this incredible audience. I'm sure you're going to bring a lot of positive attention to South Africa, to Africa, um, and ensuring that the right information, the right expertise comes our way, because I, I think that you're pretty single-minded when it comes to that. Um, and yeah, I look forward to having you on the show again in the future. It's just really great having you. Thank you so much. It's up to you. Thank you, my darling. And thank take you care. for giving the voiceless a voice. I cannot thank you enough. I don't know how to say thank you. Thank you. Oh, if thank one you. person can hear this and help someone out, it would be more than enough for me. I, th I think it, I think many will, and many will resonate, and I think you've helped plenty people listening today. So thanks, Vanessa. Can I ask you one question, please. How bad do I sound? How bad do you sound? You don't sound bad at all. You sound. You know what you sound like, Vanessa? You sound like you went out last night. 
you had a bottle of wine, you partied with your friends, and you're feeling a bit delicate this morning. That's how you sound. You sound amazing. <laughs> Thank you, my darling. It's my first interview. Do you have a podcast? Oh, I didn't hear you, Vanessa. What did you ask me? I said, I hope I can hear this interview. It's my first one. I made history today. Yes, we'll be podcasting it. You will be podcasting it. And uh, our producer, Lee, will make sure you have a copy. And also our audience, if they've missed it, they can catch the podcast on the website. So thanks, Vanessa. Go well. God bless. Thank you, darling. Thank you, Lee. Thank you. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Vanessa Perumal on uh, the DL Link Show on 101.9 High FM.